she said, Dear, come from a land down under Where women glow and men plunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today, we've got Brewers left-handed pitcher, Hobie Milner. Thanks for joining us, Hobie. Thanks for having me. I guess, first off, could you just tell us a little bit about kind of your your story on changing your arm slot or how that kind of came about? I was a traditional over-the-top pitcher my whole career up until um, my second year at AA. I was with the Phillies at the time and our pitching coordinator, Rafael Chavez, he saw me doing some, uh, pitchers feeling practice and I throw sidearm when I'm fielding the ball, like on the infield, like fielding bunts and stuff and throwing around the infield. And, um, he, he told me, he's like, Hey, you look, you look pretty natural like that. You should try that off the mound. Um, and I had kind of been stagnant at that point in my career. Like I wasn't, I was throwing about 90, 88, 90 over the top. Um, I didn't have anything special, like just fastball changeup, curveball, and none of them were very good. <laughs> so um, they, uh, I mean, the pitching coordinator was like, you know, I've seen guys drop down those sidearm and all of a sudden their careers just take off. And I, I mean, I didn't want to be a double A pitcher. I wanted to be a big league pitcher. So, I was like, all right, I guess I'll I'll give it a shot. And this was in August of 2015. Um, so they they gave me one month during the season, basically. Like I was throwing in double A and I I mean, I actually did kind of good for not having any idea what I was doing. Um but then they said, Why don't you go ahead and go to winter ball in Puerto Rico? So I did that went down there and Rafael Chavez, my pitching coordinator was the pitching coach for the Indios de Mayaguez where I played. And, um, which was really nice because he could watch my progression sidearm. And I was actually throwing pretty submarine. I, I was pretty, I, I tried to model my mechanics after Darren O'Day. Gotcha. Um, that was, I just kind of, watched video of a bunch of guys and I, I liked his mechanics the most. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll try and do his. And at the time, I think he's probably the most successful guy. So I was down in Puerto Rico for three months doing that. And I was getting a lot of ground balls and I wasn't striking anybody out. Um, and I really, I really wanted to be a back end reliever. And I was like, I really, I think I need to strike guys out if I want to be in the back end. So I feel like I basically wasted my three months down there. I show up to spring <laughs> training and I'm like, okay, I'm going to change my arm slot again. Um, so <laughs> I raised it up kind of even with my shoulder, pretty much true sidearm. Yeah. And they, they actually kept me back in um, extended for three weeks or so. And I worked with uh, another coach who had been a sidearmer in the past. And he, um, he basically broke me down my, or broke my mechanics down from like 
the bottom up and he said, okay, we're just gonna, what do you, what do you know you like to do? And I was like, well, if, if I pick up a ball, I can feel in the bunt and throw it to first. Like I feel really comfortable. So he goes, okay, why don't you just do that? Like play catch, picking up a ball and throwing it like you would feel the bunt. It's like, okay, did that. I was just picking up balls, throwing, picking them, throwing. And then he's, then he got me on the mound. He's like, okay, just set the ball on the ground on the mound like when you're on the rubber and just pick it up and throw it home. And we kind of just adapted what I've been doing for years and put it on the mound. And it was a big, a uh, big improvement for me. Cause I just felt natural all of a sudden. Yeah. And I mean, I played that, that year in double a and triple a, and um, I ended up getting big league rule five by the Indians after that season. Is there any any mechanical tips that you'd have for for anyone listening? Well, that's a tough question because um, you know how side armors are; they all have a very unique throwing motion. Absolutely, like you can't you can't teach um, two different side armors the same thing. Yeah, um, because. Or like you can teach a traditional guy the same stuff. Like you can go to drive line and they're all going to tell you the same thing. <laughs> um, and then you, you see two or three side armors throw and they look completely different. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, doing what's comfortable is obviously most important. Um, but I think, dang it, that is, that is a really tough question. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like, you have to actually be hands-on with someone and yeah. just watch what they're doing and just make minor improvements and minor tweaks to what they're doing. No, and you're absolutely right. Like even just the camps that we run, like everyone, even though kind of, you know, sidearm submarine, but everyone's got their own unique style and you just kind of have to figure out what works for you and kind of repeat it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been, every year I show up to spring training with a different mechanic. <laughs> like I'm, I do something different every year. And, gotcha. um, because I'm, I'm always trying to improve what I'm doing. Cause there's no textbook on how to throw with my arm slot. Um, there's no proper way to do it, I guess. Um, there's just what my body can handle best yep. and what I can repeat. And so I'm always tinkering and, it's, it's just, um, eventually I will hopefully find the best formula for my body, but, um, I'm still looking for it. <laughs> and hopefully too, that's kind of the fun part of, I mean, and for me too, like just pitching from down there, kind of, kind of a brand new world and kind of made baseball fun again for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it once I started dropping down, like seeing the ball do all this different movement that I didn't have from over the top. Like you just, you have this whole new perspective of the ball leaving your hand and it's, and, and then the hitters reactions, they're all seeing it, the funky <laughs> arm and there's like, it just changes the game completely. Um, would there be any, um, like a mental kind of tip that you'd give to anyone maybe debating on changing their arm angle or someone that's been asked to drop down? Oh, that's tough. Um, you know, I, I've really only been around pro guys since I've done it. Um, I haven't been around like high school kids or, or college athletes or anything that are considering dropping down. Um, I've had younger kids ask me like, Hey, should I drop down? And I really, 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't, <laughs> um, I haven't given that too much thought because, you know, I feel like once you start dropping down, you're probably not going to pitch over the top again. True. Um, Very true. But I mean, f- from my experience, I don't know anyone who has, um, <clears throat> but I feel like if you're younger and you want to do it, you should continue to play catch over the top so that like you should still try and be able to throw over the top. Like, like you were a regular position player and just try like, cause that you don't want to rule things out. Um, when you're young, you want to have as many options as possible. Um, and I don't know. I feel like if maybe you're not throwing hard enough, um, that velo may still come over the top. Uh, it's like for young guys, it's really hard to, to tell them, Hey, you need to drop down cause you're not good enough over the top. Um, cause you never know, like this gangly tall gangly kid may end up throwing 90 something over the top whenever he figures his body out. Um, for me, it was a last resort, Yeah. but for some, it might just be the fun way that they want to play. Um, so it's really dependent on everyone's personal situation. No, that's a very good point. Absolutely. Um, would you be able to kind of talk about kind of your MLB debut and kind of getting called up? All right. So I was called up with the Phillies in June of 2017. And I had been in AAA that whole season and I was doing really well. Um, got called up and we went to Arizona. We're playing the Diamondbacks. And my first game, I had been up for about five or six days without pitching. I just was sitting in the bullpen waiting for my chance. Um, nervous as could be for an entire week almost. Um, it was a packed house in, um, I think it's Chase Field. I think it's Chase Field. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Chase Field. It was packed. They had like 50,000 people. It was Paul Goldschmidt bobblehead night and it was Star Wars night at the same time. <laughs> and so I I come in in the sixth inning, I think. Yeah, I think it was the sixth inning. We we're losing by a couple runs and there was a runner on the, one of the starters runners and um came in to face Daniel Descalso, my first batter. And I was, I mean, nervous as could be. It was super loud because it's in a dome. And I had, I mean, I never played in front of half as many people as that were there <laughs> and in a dome. But um, I was shaking in my boots, I guess. And I, uh, first batter, throw a strike, first pitch, second pitch, single. I'm like, oh, man, lefty, lefty, gave a single. Uh, next guy, Lefty, lefty, first pitch, single. Dang it. <laughs> and now it's like bases loaded. I ended up I ended up getting like a, a ground out or something. Then I walked a guy, and then I hit a guy. And then it was two outs, bases loaded. Paul Goldschmidt was up. And, I mean, I'm left-handed sidearm, and I was at the time throwing 87, 88. And Paul Goldschmidt was – in his prime hitting 35 homers and 120 RBIs a year. And (laughs) I was like, I'm going to give up a grand slam to Paul Goldschmidt, my, my debut. Um, but luckily I 
got him to ground out with a changeup and went back out the next next inning and struck out Jake Lamb for my first strikeout. Um, so I ended up giving up one run of my own, one one of the previous pitcher's runs, and uh, one run of my own, ended the day with a nine ERA, and I was as happy as could be. Is there anything... Like as far as like, I guess the one, even myself, like when I did drop down, you kind of get, and I was a lefty as well, like kind of pigeonholed, like kind of being like that loogie or only being able to get left-handed hitters out. But I still felt I could get righties out. I mean, I maybe had to be a little more fine with my pitches, but um, could you talk a little bit about that? Like, do you, do you feel you get pigeonholed a little bit or? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point you brought up. I think the second someone hears that I'm a sidearm left-handed pitcher, they're like, Oh, you're not going to face any righties. Like, like whether they've looked at my stats against righties or lefties or not, a manager is just like, you're not going to face righties. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) you know, I, when I first got to the big leagues, righties were killing me. Like they were, they hit like 380, almost 400 off me. And then lefties hit like 160. And so I was kind of, fitting that mold. And I think, um, the next season I really actually not the next year, but the year after that, I made it a big focus to, to get righties out more. Um, cause I was like, okay, I got the lefties covered. I need to, need to figure out how to get righties out. Cause I want to throw like the seventh or the eighth inning. I want them to give me an inning and not just a batter. Yep. And so actually 2018 season, no 19 season. I had a, I did way better against righties than I did lefties. Um, and I pitched probably 60 innings and it was, it was in triple a of course, but, um, I think I had 40 innings worth versus righties and 20 innings worth against lefties. And I had almost 60 strikeouts in those 40 innings against righties. Um, and their, their opponent batting average was lower. Um, they, they slugged a little higher, but I, I found a little formula that worked for me to get righties out. And it's something I hadn't done in the past. It was just throwing a lot more sweepy sliders to righties, um, because that's something that they never see. Um, they, they just gave up on it. Like it was going to be outside, like a fastball away. And then it just came back and they're like, Oh crap. Um, and like they would just take it early and yep. then you just throw, you would just throw a fastball up, uh, after that. And they'd be like, Oh, Oh, was that a slide? Is that going to be a slider? No. Oh, oh man, I'm too late. And I just, I felt like I had more weapons versus righties than I did lefties. Cause I had a changeup too. And I really was, was not throwing a changeup to lefties. Um, so that was, that was also the first year of the three batter rule in the minor leagues the three batter minimum rule. Yep. And so that's another reason I was like, I really need to get right these out. Um, and I actually got the opportunity to, cause I was forced to. Um, and I think that really helped me out when I was a free agent that, that off season, the angels were like, Hey, uh, you did really well against righties. So now that this three batter minimum rule is in effect in the big leagues. Um, I think we want you to get lefties out because you may get pinch hit for and whatnot. And we need someone that can get the righty out too. Do you, do you like that rule? Um, you know, 
I, I don't dislike the rule. <laughs> I, <laughs> no. Especially I mean, for, yeah, lefties. Like it does kind of hopefully give an opportunity to show that you can get righties out, right? Yeah, I, I like that. And I think that it makes you, or it forces lefties to be better all-around pitchers. Yep. And it gives you more opportunity to stand out around or amongst other lefties. And like, I don't throw hard. So all I have is my arm angle and ability to get righties out, I guess. Um, so that's, it's just another opportunity, I guess, for me. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Uh, you touched a little bit, like you had a pitching coach that threw sidearm. Did, have you had kind of many teammates throwing sidearm submarine? Um, you know, I haven't had too many. Um, when I first got dropped down by the Phillies, the, by, uh, Rafael Chavez, the pitching coordinator, he, when it worked for me, he started dropping down a bunch of other guys. <laughs> like he started dropping down a bunch of other lefties that like kind of were struggling to find their way or weren't, um, were stuck in double a or stuck in high a, he was like, you know what? Let's just try it. Um, because you know, if you're, if you, if you see a lefty in, in pro ball, especially, and he's not throwing over 92 and he's not like, like big bodied or like a lights out kind of guy, you don't expect him to be like a seventh or eighth inning guy. You expect him to get lefties out. So he like, our pitching coordinator was like, why don't we just make guys more effective against lefties and drop them down and just try and make them lefty specialists. Um, if they're not going to actually be like our closer or something. Um, gotcha. so I played with quite a few guys with the Phillies in the minors doing that. And I think over the years I've, I've played with a few other guys like, um, played with Alex Claudio in Puerto Rico. Um, I played with uh, Adam Kalerick with the Rays. I was on an all-star team with Donnie Hart. Um, I like I like picking these guys' brains. Uh, I played with Pat Neshek. Yep. Uh, with the Phillies. Um, I'm not sure if you... Uh, what's considered sidearm exactly <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know some guys say feel, they're like and they like the higher level you play maybe we'll we'll give you a sidearm <laughs> rating <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh <laughs> but i mean i don't know i've played with all kinds of guys that have that have dabbled in throwing sidearm would you be able to talk a little bit about your your college career there hobie you played for uh i guess for one of the most famous coaches of all time right Yes, Augie Garrido. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was at the University of Texas from 2010 to 2012. Um, and got to play for the winningest baseball coach of all time, I guess, unless somebody's passed him now. Yeah, he's um, got to be up there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was pretty cool. Uh, he was a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> um, like His name carried a lot of weight um, and getting people to go to Texas. And, um, I had a great time at, at Texas. I had Skip Johnson as my pitching coach who is now the uh, head coach at Oklahoma. Okay. Um, 
and he, he was just a wizard. Everybody, everybody loves Skip. Um, he got a lot of pro guys to go out there and see him. Uh, he had Clayton Kershaw coming out and working with him. Uh, Chad Qualls. Um, he'd get just like <laughs> randomly he'd show up to the field and he'd have some big leaguer there throwing with him uh, in the off in the big league off season. It was pretty cool. Um, but playing there was, uh, was pretty sweet. And then your, your dad kind of has an interesting story. I was kind of looking him up and just with a Canadian ke- connection as well. And I'm from Alberta. So just like he played two games, right? Yes. And then as an 18 year old, like he was playing in the same season in medicine, had a reading or looking up on baseball cube. Could you go into that just a little bit? Like, um, yeah. Yeah, my dad was um, a supposedly a superstar high school athlete. Um, he was a dual commit to University of Arizona to be a kicker for the football team and play baseball. He was a catcher. Um, but supposedly he was like a top 10 talent baseball-wise uh, in the country. And he was a he had a strong commitment and so people, he like slid down the draft board and the blue Jays took a chance on him in the seventh round. Um, and they actually offered him or he signed for more money than I did in the seventh round. Um, 30 something years later, <laughs> but, wow. um, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but they also said, you know, we're, we're playing the Rangers and my dad lives, lives pretty much in Arlington, like just, west of Arlington and Fort Worth. Um, and they're like, you know, we're playing the Rangers this week. Um, if you sign, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and suit you up and you can play against them. <laughs> so he did. He, uh, he played, he played two games as an 18 year old in the big leagues. Um, he batted 444. He went four for nine. Huh. And, and, then, and then went to Med Hat. <laughs> yeah. Then they sent him down. Oh, okay. I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Then they sent him down okay. and he was a diabetic, um, had a lot of injuries in his career. And like, I feel like he was hurt almost every season from what he's told me. Huh. Um, and he just, I don't think he even made it to double a, uh, he might have for a little bit, but you know, he kind of just bounced around in the minors and over the next four seasons. And, um, then just hung it up went into coaching have have yourself have you played in uh canada before hobie uh i've played in toronto just wrong and that's it that's it yeah yeah i mean i guess we're just gonna call to the bullpen here so it's just some some random questions here and just to kind of get to know you a little bit okay uh favorite nhl team uh, the dallas stars dallas stars <laughs> uh favorite <laughs> travel destination uh i'd can't name a specific place, but I would just say like the mountains with snow, like ski resorts. All-time favorite professional wrestler? I don't know. I guess The Undertaker. Yep. What is the capital of Canada? The capital of Canada? Canada, Canada yeah. Uh, God, I don't know. Uh, they have an NHL team, the Senators, if that helps. Oh, 
Dang, I really, I really have no idea. Uh, Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa. Okay, I'm glad I didn't guess because I was not looking at that or in that direction at all. Um, if you could golf or have dinner with any dead or alive three famous people, who would it be? Three famous people. Um, Jesus. Yep. Uh, uh, probably. Adam Sandler and maybe Albert Einstein. Gotcha. And then would, would it be golf or dinner? It would be golf. Golf. Any, sure. any, any particular course? Uh, I've always wanted to play the colonial in, in Fort Worth. Yep. Colonial country club. And then if you could be an Olympian in another sport, what sport would you do? Um, winter or summer? Mm, actually, I would probably play soccer. So summer. Soccer. Yep. And then on the 2013 Clearwater, the Thrashers. Thrashers. You know, one of your teammates was from Alberta. Do you remember who that was? Uh, Colin Clevin. No, he was Canadian. He was from this little place called. Oh, actually, he was like four hours northeast of Vancouver. Gotcha. In the middle of uh, nowhere. Uh, was it? Was it uh, Ethan Stewart? He he's Canadian too. Yes, correct. But it wasn't him. Wasn't from Alberta though. Maybe I'm, that's a little. I'm I'm pinpointing it a little bit. <laughs> okay, uh, another Canadian. Uh, oh, what's his? What was that dude's name? Mm. I don't know who was it. Tell me. Uh, Steven Inch. Oh, Steven Inch. Okay. <laughs> nice. I actually lived with all three of those guys. I lived with all the Canadians. You were in I the Canadian? <laughs> I forgot that Inch was Canadian. And then lastly, Obi, just kind of what's your favorite part of pitching from down there? Um, I mean, I say my favorite part of about pitching from there is just making the ball move different ways. Like throwing a slider from there almost looks like it defies gravity. Yeah. And it's just really fun to watch from my perspective. Yeah. I know. Like you said, just some of the, you know, some of the stuff that you can do with the baseball from that different arm slot. It can, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me of playing like backyard wiffle ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just messing around and throwing the ball and making it do all these crazy things. It's just a lot harder to do with baseball. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely look forward to following you this year and good luck this season. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. She said, Do you come from a land down under? Where women glow and man thunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder, yeah You better run, you better take cover, yeah You better run, you better take cover